This episode of Talk Cricket contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Everybody, you are listening to Talk Cricket, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay, and I'm Carrie. Go ahead, pause this, grab your shot, and let's go. go. One, two, three, go. <clears throat> Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was warm. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. This time I have Dr. Pepper and wine to chase it down. Y'all gotta. You <laughs> you need a little ice bucket next next to your computer to like put it in, or maybe you should get yourself like a Yeti shot glass. Yeah. yeah. Let's find that. <coughs> oh, calm down. I'm just, I'm very hungry and I'm dramatic about it, so. Yeah. <laughs> Man the fuck up. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so I know I've mentioned it a million times, but you have got to listen to Armchair Expert. Well, I did start the episode with Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly, <laughs> you need to listen to him when he has his wife on, which is, of course, Kristen Bell. Um, mm-hmm. And I would 100% recommend Amy Schumer's episode, and I'm about to finish Lena Dunham's episode, and she's amazing. Ooh. And both of them are really, really good. And, like, just, ugh, I just, I love listening to them all, like, just therapize with each other. It's just really awesome especially like oh hang on a second ha <laughs> guess what are you not recording oh no i'm recording but my microphone is incorrect oh no pause so just one two three pause okay all right <laughs> all right you spaz okay so now we're recording properly sorry <laughs> Sorry, guys, my mic was on the wrong setting. So now we're really recording. Um, But anyway, so as I was saying, like, they just have really good. There's a lot of really good messages about, like, success and self-esteem and body image and addiction and trauma and just working through daily life. And it's just really cool because I think a lot of us tend to, like, idolize celebrities and think they have it so easy. And Mm -hmm. they I mean, they're just fucking people like like we are. And. It's really cool to th- be, especially for me who like always thought I would be in show business of some kind, which now I kind of am. But yeah. like, it's particularly because I, I tend to get kind of bitter and feel, you know, mm-hmm. because I always saw myself in the industry in some way, um, whether it be acting or even behind the scenes or on stage or whatever the fuck. I just always thought I would be involved in, in the industry somehow. And mm-hmm. I, I sometimes romanticize that and think, oh, well, if I had only done that, then. 
I would be happy. And it's like, well, that's just not true because like all of them do the same thing. They're like, they like have a wonderful recurring role on a sitcom making steady money and just living it, living it up. And they're like, well, I would, well, but if I could just get this role in this movie, then I would be happy. Oh, well, if I could just get this producer credit, then I would be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They all do that same thing and they all go through the same struggles that we all (laughs) go through just in a little bit more of a public light. And they don't tend to, um, a lot of times, I, I love this podcast because it's really kind of breaking down that barrier mm-hmm. of idol- of idolatry that we kind of have with celebrity, and it's 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 just humanizing, and it's really cool that that's awesome. The people that we all kind of look up to and respect as artists also have the same struggles that we do. Yeah, and it's like really stupid and cliche sounding, but like they're also can afford really good therapists, and so they <laughs> yeah. tend to they tend to share a lot of their amazingly expensive therapist wisdom (laughs) i fucking need that my therapist had to cancel on me this morning and didn't even like didn't text me until like an hour after our appointment was supposed to start oh no so i need some therapy (laughs) yeah well seriously listen to lena dunham's episode because she has some really incredible points Mm -hmm. um especially about like medication and mental health and trauma and like she has all kinds of ptsd and sexual trauma and all kinds of stuff that she's dealt with and i love her she is such a groundbreaking person and i i just I really look up to what she's doing on her social media and with her art. Mm-hmm. And I, she has, every time I hear her speak, I'm just like, you are, she makes me think of you actually, because she Aww. is like wise beyond her years. You forget how young she is. She's only like a year or two older than me. Oh, wow. And I mean, she was 26 and wrote, produced and star- directed and starred in girls on HBO. That's awesome. When she was 26, she had like three houses and she talks about that, like having all that success so young and how she still was like, I'm alone in a dark hole. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So it's like. Which reminds me, I finally got my new medicine today. I'm so excited (laughs) to start it tomorrow. Good. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. And she talks about how she was, she was, um, she was abusing some of her medicine and how, she was, uh, and how there's another kind of epidemic besides the opioid, you know, crisis mm-hmm. of different antidepressants that are just getting handed out like candy. Yeah. And that's not to discredit people who need antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication, but there's some that are very dangerous. Yeah. That are being, u- that are being prescribed to people and that you can actually build a tolerance to and then continue to need more and more and more. And then you mm-hmm. like hallucinate like you're on an acid trip when you try to get off of it. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of trauma there and it's, she really is very articulate. I just think anyone who's like struggling and wants to hear somebody be really real and awesome and cool, like <laughs> go listen to her and Amy Schumer because it's just, they're, they're both amazing women and it's it's just really cool. And then it's also really cool to listen to Dax and his wife like actually conflict resolve and like, <laughs> go through go through arguments and yeah. Kristen will like break it down for a second and then put him in his place and then he's gonna he tries to keep arguing and then his <laughs> co host is like, no, 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 but and it's just <laughs> it's just really fun. <laughs> it's really, That's really awesome. cool. But honestly, all of them have just incredible stories of struggle and um, 
and, and, and success not being what they thought it would be and setting boundaries in your life and just really important things that we all need to hear. And a lot of, a lot of stuff comes up that we talk about on here and mm-hmm. he, they're much more articulate than we are <laughs> not to turn you off of our podcast, but I just, I'm so hooked and obsessed right now. So That's awesome. sorry, that was way too long, but I really need to like listen to some of their episodes because like I do have it in my queue I've also just not been listening to anything this week like yeah you're busy yeah (laughs) I have three jobs this semester literally and uh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah we're busy Mm -hmm. (laughs) so this is my first week um with my promotion and that's awesome pretty well so congratulations um, yeah, I've 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 found some some success. I've already started building my customer base. So this was my first it's been week. Pretty easy so far. <laughs> good, good. This was my yeah. first week with my internship. I uh, nice found out that I love this. I love data entry. I love um, doing social oh, media I posts. Love data entry too, girl. I oh do my too. God. And like I love. I would pop some headphones in my ears and just data entry all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also did a big thing today. I applied for a bunch of scholarships. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Uh, I was always so afraid to apply to for scholarships because I just knew in my gut I wouldn't get any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. Just, Fear of failure being, and me being stupid, of course, so. (laughs) I have to get something or I will not be able to go to school next semester, so. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Yep, yep. Yeah. Worst case scenario, I have to pay (laughs) for it. So everyone, cross your fingers. Yeah. (laughs) I said, worst case scenario, I have to pay for it out of pocket and just take two classes at a time, which won't be too long, but it'll suck. But um, it'll just drag everything out. Yeah. But it's fine. It'd be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I I just, I'm kind of at a point where I'm like, I've got to do what I've got to do. And yeah. I found some freelance work that I'm going to do this summer. So that'll help. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud, so of, proud of you too. <laughs> love you. I love you too. <laughs> I'm so proud of you too. I'm really excited for you this year. Thanks. I'm really excited to make like some real money. <laughs> uh, finally, and feel like I'm actually contributing to my household a little bit more. I, it's always made me nervous that I don't, I, I haven't made a livable income on my own. Like since Josh and I have been married, really, since I stopped teaching, and oh, so. Well, no, it just it it. It scares me because if anything were to happen to him, I would be fucked. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Life insurance only goes so far. Like, mm-hmm. I I would have to move home and find a job be, where I, I would have to move back to Louisville, where I actually have connections and mm-hmm. get a better job. You know, like I've been able to kind of struggle and slap shit together down here because, you know, yeah, I. I I know like a handful of people through Josh, but I don't have any other connections, which is why I can't find a better job. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's very just like, you know, the job market is very political now. You kind of have to know somebody to get your foot in the door. So it's just, you kind of have to go where you have connections and then go where the work is. Yeah. It's kind of the way the world is now. Yeah. I, um, 
I'm making great connections right now, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm so proud of you. That's so awesome. I talked to someone the other night that has worked at the library for like 20 years. And like, um, yeah, I'm getting in good with people that are like in management, um, which is really cool. That is like my dream. I would love to fucking work in a library. (laughs) It is. It is literally so much fun. Like I got to help with uh, this waffles for dinner event the other night. and yeah and waffles for dinner (laughs) it was it was so (laughs) cute there were so many kids and they were all so precious and so sweet and so well behaved and um yeah awesome yeah so made me miss that's amazing it made me miss uh teaching sunday school a little bit so well, yeah, and that always makes me miss teaching and being, I loved when I worked in childcare and mm-hmm. all of that. Just, you know, oh, I just love it. That was my favorite part of teaching was like, you know, getting to know all my kids and actually teaching them stuff. And, you know, the th- the, the problem is that 75% of your job is not that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, I can't hate 75% of my job. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, so I had to weigh the pros and cons there, especially when it comes to my mental health. Yeah, so, yeah, sadly. mental. Yeah, mental health is the most important thing, guys. And if you're not doing something that you at least kind of enjoy, you're fucking yourself. Mm-hmm. Horrifically, I actually am very. Uh, I'm pretty passionate about what I do now. Um, mm-hmm. There's the biggest. Dr- Honestly, I love my job. I really love my job now. Uh, I liked my job when I was an assistant too, but I really love it now. I really feel like I'm in control. The only thing is that we still don't have good benefits and like very little vacation time. So hopefully that's going to be changed. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully my fingers and pray. And, um, because uh, you know, it's hard to, for them to retain people because you literally could work there for 20 years and still only get 10 days off. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) um, Yeah, so hopefully we can all kind of link arms and get that switched next. Um, yeah. But anyway, and uh, we probably have to kind of, pr- we're probably going to have to show how this team dynamic works that we've got now. But I love it. Um, and just everybody cross your fingers and pray to whatever you believe in that my, <laughs> my uh, the owner of our company decides that people deserve time off. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the biggest thing for me because, like, I get dental insurance and vision insurance through and primary health insurance through my cousin. Mm. Not my cousin. My husband. What am I saying? <laughs> Whoa, what Sorry, the fuck? my cousin just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> Incestuous relationships here, guys. No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not that part of Kentucky. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just need to be able to be off to be I love to do things with my family and I like to travel and go places so like I would love to enjoy the money I'm gonna make yeah <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> in some way so I, I'm really so... I just want to take a trip to Scotland like that's my biggest thing I want to go to Scotland I want Josh and I to go to Scotland with my parents and see all the castles and um, learn about all the ghosts and drink all the whiskey that's what I want to do nice that's like the biggest thing on my mind <laughs> <laughs> I um I'm actually really happy right now. I got my tax refund and I got a whole lot more than I thought I was going to get. And now I'm finally kind of back on my feet, um, which is nice. Yeah. So things are looking up financially for me as well. Yeah. 
Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Now if I could get the heat fixed in my house, we'd be set. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's get started because yeah. we've been talking for like 20 minutes. So, <laughs> um, okay. So this week we are talking about child, child safety. safety. All right. So we, this is something that was on an the original first list of topics that we ever made. Yeah. Uh, this like, this was one of the first ones that I think you texted it to me. Like when we were still in concept, you were like, can we do an episode on child safety? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just want to tell the story behind that real quick. Um, I literally Carrie and I had just decided to do this podcast mm-hmm. and I was currently moving out of my apartment and uh, my roommate and I went to her parents' house to, like, drop off some of her stuff. And we were leaving. And um, we come upon this car accident. And it ended up being a very big deal here in Bowling Green. Um, because one of the children died in this car accident. Mm-hmm. There were How three many kids were in there again? Was it two or three? It was three. They were all sisters. Um, the one that died oh, was yeah. six years old. She, um, oh, poor baby. They like all all of them loved Panic at the Disco so much, and they had tickets to see them the next month in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, it this blew up because their parents like, it, like the kids had been in the car with their aunt who hadn't had them buckled in properly as part of the problem. And um, there was negligence involved. Yeah. And the mom tag, like the mom tagged panic at the disco on Twitter and Facebook. And they were like, Hey, like our kids really wanted to see you next month. And they had tickets, but in the ICU weren't they? Mm -hmm. They were in the ICU and panic at the disco um, responded. And um, they, Panic at the Disco shared their GoFundMe. I don't know if they ended up going and seeing them or not, but um, I know but the th- band did that, and that was yeah. just so cool. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and yeah. um, that little girl the power of social media, man. Yeah, that little girl fought so hard for her life. Even um, I mean, she only got to live a few days after that happened. It was just, right. it was awful. It was so horrible because we drove up on this accident when it had literally just happened and mm-hmm. I saw this kid yeah, I remember you telling me about it yeah it was really horrific yeah like I saw this little girl that ended up dying on the fucking mm-hmm. road because she was not buckled in properly um yeah. and and that's not where I yeah, went with it's this. It's not funny. Yeah. It's not cute to no. let them like just run around the car. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Continue. I have a little anecdote myself. Okay. Um, that's not where I went with the episode today. I will let you all know that though um, I chose a pretty horrific case. Unfortunately, this is just something that's um, I don't not that I don't think people take it seriously. Um but it is something I think sometimes people take it too seriously mm-hmm. um, just because they hear the extreme cases and they think that mm-hmm. it's an ex- it, that everything's an extreme case and they mm-hmm. don't always think about all the variables. Yeah. Um, but like we we had a customer who's I think they changed the age that you're allowed to be like 
left home alone. I was home alone when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I had I had friends who came home to empty houses. It, I mean, it's called being a latchkey kid. Like, you, yeah. you came home to an empty... Like, when you... They were in kindergarten. They came home to an empty house. And granted, <laughs> it was probably only for an hour or two. Yeah. But they came home to an empty house. They were home alone in the morning and locked the door themselves and mm-hmm. went out to wait for the bus, you know? Because their parents had early careers and yeah um or and the, or had to work late or whatever and it the, you know it the schedule didn't line up so and they couldn't yeah. afford child care so that was perfectly acceptable when i was small mm-hmm. and there are we had a customer whose neighbor or somebody called cps on her because she left her like 12 year old home alone for a minute cuz she had to go work wow and that's insane. Like, yeah, you know, a twelve-year-old is more than capable of being home alone, watching cartoons, and eating donuts while their mom goes to work for a minute. Like, yeah, you know. So there are some people that are taking it too extreme, mm-hmm. honestly, and then there are people who are really, really being neglectful. Yeah, and which... that's what we're actually talking about here. We're not yeah. talking about people who are just living their lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In we a logical are... fashion. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the most illogical. Um, just yes. because it is, it, I don't know, it's a very important subject for me just because, um, I guess of my childhood, um, part mm-hmm. of it, um, yeah. And, and kids are kids have a very special place in my heart. So I just, I don't want this to happen to other kids. And I, um, again, like I said, this will be a kind of graphic episode, at least on my part, but, um, I think well, it's in, important. In my so. section, we're going to talk a little bit about how, like... Uh, well, well, you'll see. Mm-hmm. It's actually very shocking how recent child safety actually is as a concept. Yeah. So <laughs> there's it's a, a John, very modern concept. Yeah, there's a John Mulaney um, bit where he was like, "I remember when kids became important." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he was. Oh, talk- you can't punch your kid in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in public. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry about that kind of long introduction, but, um, again, we just, this is very important to both of us. It's something I've wanted to talk about the entire time we've been doing this and I'm glad that I finally feel comfortable discussing it and yeah. So, yeah. So let me dive right in. So All right. Um, I first want to, want to start with something that's very rare mm-hmm. on this podcast. Um, and I'm going to give president Trump a compliment. Wow. <laughs> I just took a huge gulp of wine as you yeah. said that. Um uh I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a big a big compliment actually. It's uh and uh what's funny is that this article calls it rare. <laughs> <laughs> so, just know that I know and you know to be honest, every president has his ups and downs. Um everyone has their pros and cons even the bloviated orange Julius that we have that we call a president. Yeah. So, uh, the, I just, okay. So this is going to sound weird, but we're going to start with animal cruelty first okay. for a second, mm-hmm. just so I can give you guys some perspective on how much kids didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I kind of think it's funny now. Like when you look at it, it's funny because mm-hmm. we actually, Got animal cruelty laws before we got any sort of child protection laws. No, we didn't. Yeah. 
Oh my so, god. Well, at least the activism started far before kids became important. <laughs> and that's because, you know, there was child labor happening because mm-hmm. it had to. And yeah. I think that a lot of times we look at child labor and we think, "Oh, that's just terrible." But we really again with as with everything, we have to look at the the whole picture. It's yeah. because it was necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because people were like, "Kids suck. Let's just throw them in there." Like they literally had to work or their families wouldn't. Everyone in the family had to work or they wouldn't eat. We're yeah. talking like serious depression era, serious like we just traveled to the new world and settled a country for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> everybody's got to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And of course, that that's still going on in a lot of third world countries and things like that. And that's where, you know. As Americans and as people who are privileged, which all of us as Americans are, mm-hmm. you know, in some way or another, uh, it, that's where we have to then step in and donate to proper charities and make sure that we're spreading, you know, spreading the wealth as much as we can. Now, that's not to say that if you're dirt ass poor, you can, <laughs> there's plenty of things you can do that don't cost money. Yeah. But we all just need to try to do our part and support those economies without maybe supporting the businesses that employ children or something like that. We just all need to try and be more conscientious. Yeah. But and we, um, we also need to be careful before we judge. Yeah. So and I know that because that kid's got to eat. <laughs> yeah. Too, so it's just really hard. And I know that we talk about in a hard spot. I know that we talk about donating a lot on this podcast, and that's not something everybody's going to be able to do. But I guarantee no. that there's something in your town that if you have a little bit of time, you can like volunteer to help yeah, with. Yeah, donate your time. Yeah. And it's hard to find time, so you have to make time. That's mm-hmm. the biggest issue. And you have to pay attention and know when it happens, which is where I struggle. Yeah. My entire life just is revolving around me getting to bed. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, so let me get started here. So um, this was one that I was really impressed by, and this happened back in November. Mm-hmm. But we finally, I just wanted to bring this up really, really quickly um, because I don't know if we fully talked about this yet. And I'm sure we'll have a whole animal cruelty episode and I'll cry like a baby into a bucket. But um, (laughs) we finally have a bill that criminalize fully and federally criminalizes animal cruelty. Wow. Finally. So and, and I, I will say that Trump didn't do it by himself, but Obama started it in 2010 and then he finished it. That's awesome. So and it's one of the things that he's done right. So just wanted to throw that out there. I know we do a lot of Trump bashing on here and it's just because I think he's a terrible person in general. I, I didn't like him before he was president. So mm-hmm. I have a hard time supporting and respecting him as our <laughs> country's leader. Yeah. But this was a good thing that he did. So mm-hmm. um. I, I think it's important to stick to your principles, but I also think it's important to admit when someone does something right. So yeah. Um, so this 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 article's uh, it's from the New Yorker. Um, is written in November of 2019. So it's uh, it's called President Trump signs federal animal cruelty bill into law. So mm-hmm. the bill called the Preventing Animal Cruelty and Torture Act makes intentional acts of cruelty to animals federal crimes carrying penalties of up to seven years in prison. That's which awesome. Is awesome. So it actually, uh, the federal crime is punishable with fines and seven years in prison, which is awesome. Wow. So yay. That's amazing. And, uh, yes. And especially as much as we talk about this on this podcast, like you guys all know that one of the main signs of mental serious mental illness and murdering Mm -hmm. 
future murdering of people and raping of people and hurting of people yep. and gen- just harming people in general, mm-hmm. one of the biggest signs is animal cruelty. Yeah. And this is amazing because that means that these things, this data is being taken seriously finally. That's awesome. And I really, I don't think that it will. I know it doesn't apply to hunters, of course. Like, you're not going to be federally put in prison for shooting a fucking deer. Mm-hmm. But um, it also, um, it also, okay, so it also bans, uh, so the the one that um, President Obama had started, this this came into being in 2010, that was one that banned videos that showed animals being crushed, burned, drowned, like, oh. being being hurt tortured things like that it, it banned videos like that online so you yeah. be prosecuted federally for publishing terrible fucking content like That's, that oh do you uh, remember like the dude from don't fuck with cats or whatever yeah i was um, just gonna yeah. bring that up the the guy in oh, canada so with the fucking yeah yes i feel like i remember when that happened too like i remember someone like i didn't watch it obviously but i feel like i remember it being mentioned mm-hmm. like hey this dude just published this video I think I remember the the um, the Python one. Like mm-hmm. he was like where he published the video of the cat getting eaten by the Python, which is the worst. Um, especially now that I have a cat, I'm just like, ah! <laughs> oh! The whole time I was watching that, I was just like, kitty, come lay with me. I know I anything. I would never let nothing happen. <laughs> Anytime anything remotely sad, ha- like is spoken about or. I see it on TV or something uh, that happens to a dog. I just go and I grab Star. Yeah. And I just hold her That's forever. Yeah. That's what I do too. I do that with Hammy and he's just like, get off. <laughs> Cause he doesn't get it. <laughs> but yeah. So I thought that was really awesome. We've, we're finally there. Mm-hmm. I think we're finally on even ground. Cause you know, of course, child abuse and all of that is a federal crime as well. So yeah. Um, we finally got all the, uh, <laughs> all of our dependents covered. Good. Yes. So, uh, just wanted to say, yay! And that's national. It's a federal crime. So it's not state by state anymore. It used to be state by state. It's fully a federal crime. Mm-hmm. And seven years is serious time. So yeah, that's awesome. That means it's being taken seriously. And I think that's amazing. So high five to our country. It's a small one, but still. But it's also a big one. Yeah. That's a so, big step in the right direction. Yeah. It's huge. Especially, you know, in the uh, hellscape that we live in right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> so animal activism actually started in like the 1600s, mm-hmm. 1635 or so. And I believe really? it started in England. Yes. Wow. Um, and then and then it moved over to Massachusetts. Oh, Ireland. So sorry. It started in Ireland. Wow. Uh, it says first known animal protection legislation passes in Ireland, which was an act against plowing by the tail and pulling the wool off living sheep. Good. So I guess people weren't cutting wool off sheep. They were just pulling it off. Like, <gasps> oh assholes. my god. Yeah, and uh, you know, thing. You know, just it sounds like generally treating your livestock like shit, <laughs> because you know, of course, farming is big. Yeah, and sheep are big in Ireland and Scotland, so uh, makes sense that it would start there. Um. They're big dog people over there, so it was probably fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then, of course, Japan took it a step farther and was like, meh, no one eats meat. 
Or kills animals. He's <laughs> like, uh, but we need protein. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there just there was a lot of stuff happening in the 1600s and then into the, sev- uh, the late 1700s and stuff like that. Somebody starts, there's a philosopher named Jeremy Bentham who then started the, ta- the actual serious conversation arguing for better treatment of animals. And just real fast, sorry, this mm-hmm. is totally off topic and this is all just my lead. But um, <laughs> real fast, I just learned that cage-free is bullshit and we all need to be buying pasture-raised Okay. Eggs because cage-free just means they're in, they're not in a cage, but they're still inside in like a one-by-one little cube. I don't like it's that just at technically all. Technically, not called a cage. So I don't care for that nonsense, and I don't like being bullshitted. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna spend the two dollars extra, and I'm gonna buy the pasture raised ones. The eggs come out way better for you, and it's just you know that you're not eating something from someone who's been who's been tortured. And yeah, I, I, I just don't care for that. It's just not necessary. So that's where I don't know if this federal thing is going to apply to, like, factory farmers because there's a lot of cruelty happening there. Oh, yeah. I mean, watch... A lot of cruelty, especially, like, pigs. They're, like, all on top of each other and Mm -hmm. just... It's really, really bad, you guys. So just really pay attention to what you eat and what you buy. Really make sure you read the labels. Pasture-raised. Pasture-raised. That means they're out in the grass, in the sunshine, running around. Mm Mm-hmm. And happy. Living their lives. Yes. Living their lives. And it makes the... F- it. I know this sounds really, like, gross. <laughs> but it makes the meat taste better. And it makes your eggs taste better. It it makes it makes things taste better when they actually aren't like living in a stressful environment because there's hormones and enzymes that are released into their m- muscles yeah. and into their products that we use that make things not taste good and make them not good for you. Yeah. So it's really important that we support people who are ethical mm-hmm. so I know that that's hard and not everyone has the means to do that because it's it's expensive to do that sometimes and I think we're all trying to work towards making it not be that way and making that be commonplace because if we can work toward if we all stop buying that stuff then mm-hmm. they have to change yeah you know what I'm saying absolutely they have and, to change um I like I know like that if we all quit Netflix they have to make the price go down <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I know that not like every farmer's market is perfect, but if you have the means to do so, go to your farmer's market. Yeah. There was a, there was a, uh, super, sorry, we are so off topic, you guys. I'm still in my lead. Um, (laughs) there were, there was a Super Bowl commercial for a beer that you can buy that supports farmers. Oh, like awesome. A, a portion of it goes towards supporting local farmers. And I don't remember which one it is. I'm sure someone will find it. I think it was a Michelob of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like a light beer that's approachable for everyone. And it had like a stamp that said it's supporting organic farmers. Oh. So, yeah, we definitely want to do that. Not all organic people are scams. So let's yeah. try and support our local farmers. Like, you know. We're out here in the Midwest, y'all. Like, we need to support, like, my family, my my husband's family is a family of cattle farmers and stuff. And, like, we need to support our local farmers and not just pour more money into the corporate greed of Walmart and things like that. Like, we all need to support each other. So, um, and support, you know, food that tastes good and is good for us. (laughs) So, there's that. Yeah. Um, But that's just really was to hammer home the point that we, people started having concern for animals before they had concern for children. So, which is understandable, but also like, 
kind of what yeah. the fuck humanity it's understandable <laughs> let me just clarify it's understandable because <laughs> because the death rate was so high yeah <laughs> you had a billion kids and prayed that three or four of them lived like <laughs> it was very difficult times yeah. were tough <laughs> however it took it kind of took way too long <laughs> Way too long for us to realize that kids matter. <laughs> so, and I kind of, because, you know, it's history. I, I find it hilarious that that's, <laughs> like, where our, all of the energy was devoted to keeping, keeping women down and not, and there just wasn't any time to give a shit about kids. So, uh. Well, yeah, because uh, they came from a woman. How dare they oh, exist. Yeah. That keeps our women at home where they belong. Oh my god, you guys totally should go watch have you guys ha- I to- I watched uh Mike Birbiglia's new special, the new one mm-hmm. on Netflix again last <laughs> night. <laughs> it's so fucking good, you guys. <laughs> he talks about kids a lot in it and it's just really good. He has some really funny theories. Okay, but what if we had one? <laughs> yeah, it's just oh, it's so good. It's so good. He has a whole theory about how it's how children have held women back and <laughs> <laughs> how children hold us all back and just oh just of course in all in humor and it's just <laughs> he's hilarious and it's a beautifully written special. Oh. I cried cuz you know I'm tired and <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it was so good. So everybody go watch it if you want a good pick me up after this. So um, you will okay, need so, one. And I apologize. This is very much me just reading from Wikipedia because my work has been insane this week. Same um, I my new promotion, so I did not have time to do what I needed to do, especially today. Like I had to work through lunch just mm-hmm. so I could get shit done and get out of there on time. So I, I didn't have time, <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to go home on my lunch. Usually, I write on my lunch breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll start and I'll do it over a couple of days. But my dog's also been sick, so I've had to go home and let him out. How is he? Takes, like my entire takes my entire lunch break. He's okay now. Good. He's good. Good. But he was diarrheaing and shitting all over my house, so oh. I had to come home and let him out so that I, because you know, I'm Yikes. just tired of cleaning up shit. Yeah. So he actually shit in here in the studio, and we haven't pulled the rug out to fully take it outside and scrub. So oh, it doesn't smell. We're good. Good. But I can see it. <laughs> Yep. So Yikes. anyway, it's not what we're talking about. Okay, so we're going to talk about this now. So okay. this is what we're actually, this is the whole point. So this is my lead up to the child's right, the children's rights movement. 40 minutes into um, the episode, we finally exactly. get to the point. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, some of it was my lead and then we were talking about yeah. stuff. So. Okay, so the child, <coughs> sorry. Ooh. <laughs> The children's rights movement is a historical and modern movement committed to the acknowledgement, expansion, and or regression of the rights of children around the world. It began in the early part of the last century. Okay. When did animal rights begin? In the 1600s. Yeah, so the early part of the last century would be when? The 1900s. Three hundred yep. years for us to realize. Yep. Oh, our children matter. Yep. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so when I say this is a new concept, 
It's a new concept. It is children too and new. animals got rights. Also, I'm gonna throw this out here as the feminist asshole that I am. Mm-hmm. Children and animals got rights before women did. All right. So <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh yeah. So uh so it began in the early part of the last century, uh, and has has been an effort. Has been an effort by government organizations, advocacy, advocacy, I'm sorry, you guys, I have been on the phone talking all day, and I (laughs) cannot speak very well, I'm so sorry, advocacy groups, academics, lawyers, lawmakers, and judges to construct a system of laws and policies that enhance and protect the lives of children. Okay, so I was going to do, like, CPS stuff, but I thought this was way more interesting. Okay. um, So, and it also says this, which I think is important, Um, it says... It says now that child labor has been effectively eradicated in parts of the world, in parts of the world, the movement turned into turned to other things. But it began it. But it again stalled when World War Two broke out and children and women began to enter the workforce once more mm-hmm. because they had to. Yeah. Um, we didn't have the systems in place to make that not happen mm-hmm. um, because every able bodied man had to go. Yeah. You know, so if they were going to survive and there were some cool things where like women kind of combined households and some of them stayed home and raised the kids while the rest of them went out and while the, the other women went out and worked. And which it is really awesome. takes a village like women. Women are really incredible. And um, if you guys want more info on that, Wine and Crime has a great episode called Rosie the Riveter Crimes mm-hmm. that they just did recently. And th- there's a lot. Lucy has a lot of really cool explanations about how just fucking awesome women are. Um, that's, how resilient women and children can be. That's so amazing. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then in Europe, children served as couriers, intelligence collectors, and other underground resistant workers in opposition to Hitler's regime. Yeah. That was a big one. They were sending kids to lure Nazis into woods and kill them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did. Yeah, that was a big one. in Crime, an episode I just listened to recently, um, Amanda read an interview with mm-hmm. one of the oh, yeah, kids yeah, that yeah. did that. Yeah. She was a teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She and her sister lured Nazi. They would flirt with Nazis and lure them into the woods and resistance fighters would shoot them. Yep. That was, it was badass. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Which, I want to read the book. We should have Amanda read the, we should have Amanda find out what the book is. Oh yeah. Maybe we can do that for our, our next collab episode. Cause that was amazing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, so write that down. Okay. So, <laughs> absolutely right, not so i'll write it down later <laughs> <laughs> okay he's like you can tell me what to do uh, i'm not doing I'm anything too much. yeah i'm not I'm doing done. anything outside of sitting here and playing with my nails while you talk i've worked way too hard okay so um here we go so absolutely not some- <laughs> absolutely not oh that's so funny i love you i love okay. you too <laughs> so this is kind of broken up in a weird way, and I'm really sorry for the choppy nature of this. Again, I didn't have time, and things will probably be better next week, I hope. Um, <laughs> Just uh, bear so, with us, y'all, and if the episodes yeah. are a little bit shorter in the future, we apologize. And... I just my the seasonal defective disorder is just really bad this this year, y'all. So mm-hmm. it, oh, I'm so fucking stir crazy, <laughs> honey. Oh, tomorrow I will help. I just want to get out. Of, I just want to go outside. <laughs> I just want the sun to shine and be warm. Mm-hmm. I want to walk with my puppy. 
I just miss it. That's my favorite three quarters of the year is when I can get outside with him and I haven't been able to. So it's okay though. <laughs> uh, we're making it through. Oh, and the heat's out in my house. It's been great. It's been great. So, hey, if you find a duvet like the one that you have on your bed, that's uh-huh. really pretty. Will you grab one for me and I'll pay you back? Sure. Okay. Of course. Thank you. Um, will you get on Ikea's website mm-hmm. and look for one? Yeah. <laughs> so that I know what to look for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like exactly the one you have. If they don't oh, have exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't have exactly that one, don't worry. They've had that one for years. Okay. I love it. Just text me what size. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're just having a personal conversation. I'm going to Ikea with my mom tomorrow. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the concept of children having particular rights is a relatively new concept. Which is like not we good. Said. Yeah. Yes. Um traditional attitudes but i mean you know we're getting there y'all like let's give ourselves in- some credit <laughs> a yeah bit of credit but the traditional attitude towards children tended to consider them as mere extensions of the household and they were basically owned by their parents or a legal guardian who then exerted absolute parental control meaning they could do whatever the fuck they wanted yeah um, and a lot of people still hold to this and you yeah. know what? that's because this is a new concept and we have to give people time to evolve you guys and mm-hmm. that just means patience we can't make change by screaming in people's faces you'll never affect change that way all we can do is lead by example yeah truly all we can do, that's the most effective way to do it lead by example and personal testimony mm-hmm. those are a hundred percent the most effective ways to affect change in anything yeah at all um, and through storytelling and things like that, telling things that people can empathize with, not by screaming in their faces and telling them they're stupid. Yeah. So, it, uh, no matter how much you saw them, <laughs> unless you see them lock their children in a cage and kick them like, yes, call the police. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously, if you suspect something, report it. But there was um, a, oh my God, there was a lady on Dr. Phil a few days ago whose daughter sent her a picture of, like, her grandchildren locked in cages at the other grandparents' house. And oh, my God. She, and she texted her daughter, and she's like, I'm going to report this to the police. And her daughter was like, "Like, please just give me a few days to get them out of here. And the mom was like... That's true. Yeah, the mom was like, no, like, I, this has to be reported now. And then the mom, a few minutes later, after she's just gotten these pictures texts this bitch and it's like by the way where did you get your shoes oh my god i was like that was not the time not the time dr phil felt that way too (laughs) um it was crazy so weird unless you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame her for that though her brain was doing what it had to to deal with what it was saying yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna I'm not going to shit on someone's coping mechanism, though that is inappropriate, but I yeah. also tend to laugh at funerals, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I can't, 
I, I can't shit on that. We all grieve in different ways and we all are coping the best we can. But yeah. I think we can all agree that that was inappropriate. But <laughs> at least she reported it. That's the important. Yeah. Part. At least Don't, she reported it on her flaw. Yeah. <laughs> she saved her grandchildren. Yeah. That's what matters. <laughs> she did report it, which is good. But exactly. also probably don't ask about the shoes next time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just like save that. <laughs> okay. So. um, Okay. Uh, so views began to change during the Enlightenment uh, when tradition was increasingly challenged and the value of individual autonomy. So this was the whole humanism movement that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when human like natural human rights began to be asserted in general. Yeah. So that's when it kind of was originally floated. And that was um, they. <laughs> What what year do you think we had the first? Uh, they called it the Foundling Hospital in London. So basically, it's an orphanage. What uh, year do you think that was? Oh, eighteen hundreds. Oh, you're so close. Seventeen forty one. Okay, I, I thought maybe it was a little earlier, but I didn't want to go too early. Yes, but of course, had to be fashionably those were late. Terrible places. Like you totally you know, missed they, my joke. There. <laughs> yeah, like there. What I didn't hear you. What, I, I, I said I had to be fashionably late. Oh, <laughs> I truly didn't hear you. At all. Um, <laughs> I was too busy listening to the sound of my own voice. Um, but you know, so that was the first year that an orphanage even opened, and people were thinking about how okay, there are abandoned children on the street. Like, let's give them a place to go. But of course, it was a terrible place. It was cold. Oh they yeah, fed properly. They were being used as slaves to keep the place clean, and they were basically prisoners, and Mm -hmm. it was very... um, People started just dropping their kids off because they just didn't want them at all, even though they were wealthy. You know what I mean? There's a whole... There was a whole case of that that happened where the the mom would come and, like, pick him up, pick up her son for, like, holidays and stuff and make him feel really welcome and then just drop him off, like, after (sighs) after a week. That's awful. Because she just didn't want him. Yeah. And they were very wealthy. They had the means to take care of that child. And they, she just didn't want to. Like, if you don't want to take care of it, just hire a nanny. Don't take it to a goddamn orphanage. Oh, you yeah, it was a terrible place, Absolute you piece like, of shit. And there were, there, we also had work ch- children in workhouses and all kinds of stuff that happened in England. Yeah. Uh, before, of course, we had things happening in America. We were too busy building our cabins over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just trying to survive in the swamp that we landed in. Yeah. Um because <laughs> no one thought to look any for another landing spot for the ship um so <laughs> you know we had our own issues like so mainly this is happening in england yeah uh, england and the uk but um so the foundling hospital in london was founded in 1741 as a children's home for the education and maintenance of exposed and deserted young children huh um exposed and deserted is my favorite <laughs> i'm sorry that's so terrible the name of the episode Oh, it's just terrible. Oh, uh, exposed and deserted. <laughs> I yeah, love it. that's uh, the name. So, Thomas Spence was an English English political radical. So this was considered radical, and he wrote the first modern defense of the natural rights of children and the rights of infants. Wow! Published in 1796. That was his pamphlet. That infants. Fucking yeah, infants. The rights of infants. <sighs> I mean, you guys think it's bad when people leave their infants in, like, you know, you guys think abortion is bad, and it's bad when people leave their babies in, like, dumpsters and shit, Mm -hmm. if you only knew what was going on, and we're not getting into it, but, (laughs) Lord Almighty. happening a lot. And some people were profiting. 
Well, that's what happens when you when you repress women and you ruin their lives based on their virginity. Like that's that's the kind of thing that happens. Yeah. Sadly, not a lot of them didn't have a choice. They didn't have any means of of feeding their children. And of course, not everyone did that. But there were, of course, a few women who were like, I can't I, I can't survive myself like I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just it, it was really, really bad. You guys <laughs> for a long time, a lot of everything that we have in place in our society is paved in is the way is paved in blood. Believe me. So. I hate that so much. I know. It's really, really sad. So, um, and then, of course, you know, we had the onset of the Industrial Revolution and children as young as six were being employed in factories and coal mines, um, often in very inhumane conditions. And that's not to say that just children were being employed because everyone was being employed in inhumane conditions. This was Mm -hmm. really, really bad. There were very long hours and very little pay, but they wanted kids in their factory because they had, like, tiny hands and they could, like, reach things. Yeah. Like inside the machines and stuff, which was extremely dangerous. And like kids would lose their hands and fingers and then you can't work and then you're on the street and you starve. It's really bad. Uh, the The people who built our country were very evil. Yeah. <laughs> in the Industrial Revolution. Um, so during the early 19th century, this exploitation began to ex- attract growing opposition. The terrible conditions of the poor urban children was exposed to liberal middle class opinion, notably by the author Charles Dickens, of course, mm-hmm. um, in his an- novel Oliver Twist. Everyone's seen Oliver, right? We all know. We've seen the workhouse. We saw them having to, s- you know, scrape. Oliver has to scrape a living on the streets and all of that stuff. It, it really shows the struggle of kids. Um, I actually, I actually, have you never seen Oliver? No, I've not. Um, oh, it's so good. I actually learned about a theorist in sociology today, um, who actually, um, outsold, uh, Chris or what? Wow. Christopher Columbus. No. Um, (laughs) Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. Yeah. She actually outsold him with her, uh, Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. She, she is really, her her name is Harriet, um, Harriet. Of course we don't know about her. Yeah. Well, no one does because she was so critical of America. So people are Mm -hmm. like more apt to remember different theorists, but she, yeah. Uh, Harriet Martineau is her name. Oh, okay. She cool. is. I'm going to look her up. Yeah, she's incredible. I have a whole chapter on her that I can send you. Um, Neat. Yeah, she tra- she translated all of these sociological theories into volumes of books that actual people could understand. Like, people that weren't, oh, awesome. like, super educated can understand. And she was deaf. Yeah, because that's the other issue in this yeah. time period, you guys. Like, everyone was still not very educated because yeah. they couldn't afford to be they had to drop out of school to keep their families alive still mm-hmm. so um she was she was deaf full education sorry full education was still very much a thing for mm-hmm. aristocrats so. yeah continue sorry you're you gonna keep going though, um, so. i know I'll, this will be quick but she was deaf and unmarried and just a really badass woman and oh wow that's awesome yeah she so. might be my new hero yeah <laughs> she is <laughs> certainly shit first yeah but. she's certainly mine <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to say this sentence only because I want to say this guy's name. Uh, So there were also social reformers such as Lord Shaftesbury. (laughs) Yes. 
And he began to mu- and they began to mount a vigorous campaign against these practices. So um, there was some legislation that happened. Factory acts happened. Uh, there was a very influential social reformer named Mary Carpenter who campaigned on behalf of neglected children uh, mm-hmm. who had turned to juvenile delinquency, which is, of course, what is portrayed in Oliver. Um, you know, they're all in orphanages and then in workhouses being forced to, you know, work every day just because they were abandoned, which is not right. And they're being neglected and not fed well. And so they escape and turn to crime because that's yeah. what happens. Um and then in 1851, she proposed the establishment of three types of schools, um, which is really cool. So there was free day schools for the general population, mm-hmm. industrial schools for those in need and reformatory schools for the for young offenders, which is still what we have today. That's amazing. We still have this set up. Yeah. We have free public school for everybody. Mm-hmm. We have industri- industrial school, which is like tech school, mm-hmm. where you can, get your, uh, you can get your associates or you can go and learn how to be a plumber or an electrician or a mechanic, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we also have reformatory schools. We have alternative schools for people who can't function in a regular school setting Mm -hmm. and that's not just for delinquents that's for um girls that have um become pregnant it's for people that have been so ostracized by their school that they can't function in an actual school um it's most of the time it's for kids that can't function because they can't fucking behave themselves yeah most of the time yes that's what it is but yes. there you can of course there for, for people like that there we have other places mm-hmm. that are a little less dangerous um there there's homeschooling programs and tutoring programs and things like that for them mm-hmm. uh now they don't i don't think we send pregnant girls to alternative schools because that's criminalizing yeah so they've they've restructured that but okay good yeah, but alternative school alternative schools are for people who like literally can't get through a class period without being a dick. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, yeah, um, and they're much more strict and much more intense. And a lot of times they thrive over there because they just need more structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes they put on a show so they can go back to being assholes at their regular school. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Not that I have experience. Okay. So, and you know, I'm not shitting on them because everybody needs to go where they need to go to get their education. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. So, uh, she was consulted by the drafters of educational bills, which is incredible, especially in the 1800s that Congress and government people were consulting a woman. That's huge, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was invited to give evidence before House of Commons and, and before the House of Commons committees. Wow. In 1852, she established a reformatory school a reformatory school at Bristol, which is really cool. So this mm-hmm. was in England. Um, and then in the United States, the children's rights movements began with the orphan train. Ooh. In big cities, when a child's parents died or were extremely poor, the child frequently had to go had to go work to support himself and or to support themselves or their family. Uh, boys generally became factory or coal workers, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine sending a little boy down into a coal mine. Um, and girls became often sex workers or saloon girls or else went to work in a sweatshop. So that's like, you know, 
like a lot of times that was a textile factory or mm-hmm. a sewing factory, button factories, things like that, which were insanely dangerous. There were all kinds of crazy fast moving parts and people lost fingers like all the time. Oh God. Or yeah. You were, like hunched over a sewing machine all day and then your posture was really bad and you're in pain all the time. Mm-hmm. You're working like 12 to 14 hour days and getting paid like a fucking penny. I mean, it was really bad. And, um, all of these jobs, it says right here, all of these jobs only paid starvation wages. So literally you're only making enough to feed yourself. Wow. You're not making enough to like live in a place <laughs> and pay to live in a place. That's awful. Like, yeah. You're not pay- getting paid enough to like get new shoes. Thank God we have the minimum wage now. Uh-huh. And also, I mean, we, we can thank this time because elbow patches were born in this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which are the cutest. So <laughs> Elbow patches. <laughs> elbow patches, yes, because, you know, your, your jacket wore out. And if you sew a leather patch on there, your jacket lasts longer. Yeah. And now it's just cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, goodness. So in 1852, Massachusetts finally required children to attend school. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Uh, what year? 1852. Oh, okay. I completely misheard that. Um, what did you think I said? I thought you said 1962, and I was like, wait oh, a minute. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that's not right at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. We were so. integrating in 1962. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> that oh, goodness. Um, there was a guy who founded the Children's Aid Society, which worked really hard to get children... To take uh, street children in, which is huge. Ooh. Um, and then the follow, I think all of these organizations were all founded with the best of intentions. And then it, either the people just, because, you know, people have really good intentions and they don't actually know how to do things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then it turns, sometimes it takes a turn. <laughs> um, but the following year, the children were placed on a train headed for the West mm-hmm. where they were adopted and often given work. But in 19, which is probably best case scenario for those kids. Yeah. Honestly, it sucks that they had to work, but they were adopted into a family. Mm-hmm. They were given food. They had a bed. They had a home. And they had a way to either earn their living, earn their way through or, you know what I mean? It yeah. Was, it wasn't. It, yeah. It was better than being in the city. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you can be good, but not great. So I said best case scenario. I didn't say it was awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're moving forward. How's Progress my breath? being made. <laughs> How's yes. my breath? Good, not great. <laughs> uh, good, not great. Uh, so by 1929, the orphan train stopped running altogether, but its principles lived on, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the National Child Labor Committee, which was an organization de- dedicated to the abolition of child labor, was formed in the 1890s. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court uh, decided uh, it's uh, oh, wait. Wow. Oh, it managed to pass one law, which was struck down by the Supreme Court two years later for violating a child's right to contract his work. Mm. So I guess they didn't word it properly. Mm-hmm. And probably a lot of people in con- I don't know I don't it was probably I'm kind of thinking that it it could go one of two ways either a lot of people the politicians in power had money in these places where kids were working and so they didn't want them to have this mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or they were thinking like everyone deserves the right to contract work if they want to people are fucking starving yeah I could see both ways honestly it's probably the worst one <laughs> <laughs> knowing our government it's probably the worst one yeah 
Uh, but just to kind of devil's advocate for a second, it doesn't really explain why that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in 19... Oh, look. Look where we are now. Oh. <laughs> In 1924, oh God, Congress attempted to pass a constitutional amendment that would authorize a national child labor law. The measure was blocked. Of course it was. And the bill was eventually dropped. It took the Great Depression to end child labor na- nationwide. Adults had become so desperate for jobs that they would work for the same wage as children. Oh my God. Because you didn't have to pay kids as much. Yeah. So they were pulling kids in instead of adults. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. In 1938, FDR, <laughs> our favorite. Yes, he was probably Mr. the best Franklin. president. I love him. Yeah. I love him. <sighs> I love, I also love him because of his, like, weird polio thing that he, like, kept secret from everyone. I just... <laughs> I think that's so badass and yeah, funny, and I just love him because <laughs> he didn't want to appear weak. God, I think it gave him so much empathy. Yeah. So much more empathy than any other president we've ever had besides maybe Lincoln. Yeah. Lincoln and FDR, best presidents we've ever had. Yes. High five. Um, so in 1938, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the Fair Labor Standards Act, which, amongst other things, placed limits on many forms of child labor. And that's not to say that he didn't probably want to do more, but you're, uh, you know, a president can only do so much. You have to have all of Congress and the House and the Senate and all of everybody's <clears throat> nonsense on yeah. your side. And you know what's crazy and awesome is this most recent animal abuse law was unanimously voted in. That's awesome. 100% unanimously voted in by everyone, which is unbelievable. That is wonderful. Wow. Yes. I'm impressed. Our government did something right. Yeah. And <laughs> we have to we have to give them props when they do <laughs> something right so that they keep doing something right. Yeah. So, uh <laughs> Um okay. So let's keep going. I'm almost finished. Okay. So, uh, the right. So here I've got a list of the rights of a child. So the first formal charter to set out the rights of children was drafted by a British social social reformer. Both of these movements started in Britain. If you can, if you notice that, mm-hmm. a- uh, animal rights started in England, and child rights started in England. Wow. So this was Brit- drafted by a British social reformer. I cannot say his their name eglantine i think it is eglantine jeb sure uh in in 1923 mr j yes in 1923 jeb founded save the children in 1919 wow first charities aimed at young at the young to help alleviate alleviate god i can't speak this to help alleviate the starvation of children in germany and austria hungary and all of those places uh, and that was during the Allied blockade of Germany in World War One, which then continued after, you know, all of that. So uh, her experiences there and later in Russia led her to believe that the rights of a child needed to be especially protected and enforced. And her stipulations consisted of the following criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. All right. And it's hilarious that we even needed this because it's just... Common sense. It's just a fact. It's well. It's just basic human rights. Oh God! The kids, you know, they're minors. They're not really considered now. They're minors, and they're considered very precious. But to be a minor before was to not be human. Yeah. So, then because we did, we dehumanized so many people at this time. You know, people of color and women, and obviously children, and 
You know, it, it, everyone who wasn't a grown ass man mm-hmm. who happened to be white was less than. Yeah. So really, when you think about it, it's not shocking. But it's still sad. It's very sad. But so here we go. The child must be given the means requisite for its normal development, both materially and spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. A kid should have be- <laughs> a child should have the means for normal development. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But a child that is hungry must be fed. A child that is sick must be nursed. The child that is backward must be helped. This is all written in historical context. I hope everyone can (laughs) follow me here. (laughs) The delinquent child must be reclaimed, and the orphan and the waif must be sheltered and succored. Yes. Just basic shit. (laughs) (laughs) Again, yes. This is part of being alive (laughs) absolutely these things should happen because they're also human but none of this existed literally this had to be written down that's and forced through as law (sighs) because it wasn't happening the child must be the first to receive relief in times of distress Mm -hmm. except on an airplane you're supposed to secure your own oxygen mask before helping others yeah (laughs) (laughs) just let the little bugger fend for himself Uh, (laughs) the child must be put in a position to earn a livelihood and must be protected against every form of exploitation so that's why we have child labor laws here you have to be a certain most people won't employ you unless you're like 16 or so and you can't work a cert you can only work a certain amount of hours mm-hmm. you know there there's there's a lot of stipulations for businesses that hire teenagers so yeah. some places to protect you from being exploited yeah some places will do 14 or 15 like i think mcdonald's yes, will that's true. but yeah there's lots of places that will we had uh <clears throat> there uh, i think we have no we don't maybe I don't think we have teenagers working for us. Unless they're like, you know, emancipated and not in school or homeschooled or something. But yeah, um, to my knowledge, we don't have teenagers down there, mm-hmm. but um, <clears throat> down in the factory area. But um, yeah, definitely there's places where they'll hire kids to work, but there's a lot of stipulations involved to make sure that nobody's getting taken advantage of. And nobody's, you know, nobody's mm-hmm. taking advantage of like, hey, you don't have a family to like go home to. Do you want to just like keep working? Yeah. So I can go do personal shit that I should do after, you know, before or after work. Mm-hmm. You know, it, none of that. Hey, nobody's making you work off the clock. You know, I mean, just like basic human shit. But like, it's a little bit more serious for kids. Yeah. So, um, the child must be brought up in the consciousness that its talents must be devoted to the service of its fellow man. Wow. I like that one. I like that one too. Yes. Brought up to be basically that just boils down to the child must be brought up in a way that it can function in society and be useful. Yeah. Contri- be a useful contributing member of society, which I think is one that a lot of people uh, tend to ignore. Uh, <laughs> yep. Sometimes. So, uh,. So this manifesto was adopted um, and endorsed by the League of Nations and General Assembly in 1924 as the World Child Welfare Charter. Hmm. So 
Guess when we actually got a declaration of human rights. <laughs> rights of children. 1987. Oh, you're so close. 1959. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise it's me. It's really, really bad. So, yeah, we finally got that going. But it's when I say recent, I mean it's really recent. And then there's also been another one that was introduced in 1983 called the Child Rights Information Network and all kinds of stuff that... You know, it, it's just wow. We're always evolving, and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's important to know where we've been, and so that we can appreciate where we are now, and then continue to make progress. And yeah. it's important to look look back on our history with understanding, and also it's important. I think it, I always think it's important. That's why I love history so much. It's so important to make sure we look back on history so we can appreciate how far we've come, and also so we make sure that we don't repeat it. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found it hilarious. I really <laughs> did. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Because just, y- you read this and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, this wasn't happening. <laughs> what People do you mean just, it wasn't happening? It wasn't, ha- yeah, like they could, it couldn't happen because of the way things were structured. Yeah. And it it was a full, oh, it took an entire a full overhaul of our entire civilization. Wow. And it was a recent one. I mean, this is in the, within the last century. So this was just in the last, you know, thousand years that this hundred years that this has happened. Yeah. So it's important when you're looking down on people who, you know, spank or slap or whatever, j- or who have to leave their kids home alone or anything like that. Just remember that they're doing the best that they can and that we're all trying to move forward as best they can. Mm-hmm. Now, if you see actual neglect happening, of course, you should report it. But it's just important to make sure you understand everyone's circumstances and everyone's situation. Because mm-hmm. that kid could be way, like, you know, you would have been way safer just left home alone. Yeah. Than where you were, than where you, were mm-hmm. you know? So maybe the rest of this person's family is terrible mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and so and they can't afford a babysitter and their kid is perfectly happy they've been taught to lock the doors and not answer the phone and just watch cartoons till mom gets home exactly you know what I'm saying? yeah and that's perfectly fine and especially if you have a kid that's very and you have neighbors you can rely on or something that can come and check in mm-hmm. like it's just of course we should probably be sending them to a friend's house or something but Mm -hmm. that's not always an option for everyone so i think it's important we it takes a village Mm -hmm. and if you see that happening maybe you can volunteer your babysitting time as long as you're not a pervert yeah and (laughs) it's important that's my call to action is to just let's all remember that it takes a village and let's all try to support each other Mm -hmm. because we kind of live in a hellscape right now and it's really hard for a lot of moms and dads to have the careers they want or just because they love their kids and they want to give them everything and they work really hard and yeah. it's imp- and sometimes they work really hard and they don't get paid enough and that means they can't spend $800 a week on daycare. So yeah. it's it, it's important because that would mean that they didn't eat. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's really really important that we make sure that we're all pitching in and all helping each other out mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like when I was when I was growing up, um, well, it's no secret that um, I wasn't left in great places 
uh, right. for a lot of my life. Your but, mom didn't have to have a choice. Yeah, and yeah. like again, she didn't have a choice. Um, but when I got, I guess when I turned about twelve and actually had like good friends, um, mm-hmm. my mom got to a point where she was like, "All right, well, you don't need to be around your grandmother anymore. I'm gonna let you stay." with your friend like while I'm at mm-hmm. work because like my friend was also home alone like yeah. like I stayed with so then you're together and yeah. you help and take care of each other mm-hmm. like I stayed with her and her younger sister and like their step siblings mm-hmm. and you know we weren't we were not completely alone you know and it was no. it was a it was still safe like we we knew how to not be idiots and right um, and I'm sure your mom treated you like a grown-up mm-hmm. and was like listen this is serious mm-hmm. and if you guys aren't gonna do this right then you have to go to this to you then I won't have a choice and you'll have to go back to your grandma's or wherever you mm-hmm. know like I'm sure that because that's how my mom talked to me about it she was like listen it's serious I want to give you this privilege yeah but if you're gonna do if 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 this is what you want and you don't want to have to go with me everywhere then these are the rules you have to follow in order for you to stay safe mm-hmm. and in order for me to be able to trust you. Yeah. And she really laid it out for me. And, you know, it just, it was, it was really, really important. It was important. I mean, mm-hmm. it's important to make sure you, we talk to their, to our kids and explain things to our kids and don't mm-hmm. just say, because I said so, because that's going to be way less effective than actually explaining why. Yeah. So, and yeah. like when, when she decided to like leave me alone with my friend, like, literally the the choice that she had been making for so long was not a viable option and like the good thing is Mm -hmm. that I was a good kid and I like I listened so like she Mm -hmm. didn't she didn't necessarily have to do that but she was just like it like it's breaking my kid's heart to send her to her Mm -hmm. grandmother who will not stay on her medicine and treats her like shit I can't continue to put my kid in that situation and like she made a good decision home home alone was better Mm -hmm. so it's important that we keep reasonable expectations for people Mm -hmm. look at the whole situation and make sure we're all pitching in yeah all right you ready Mm -hmm. to take a break yep before your terrible terrible case yep okay (laughs) I'm gonna go pee real quick okay so are you ready for a horrible horrible case no (laughs) well if it makes you feel better let's skip it let's just it's time for a game (laughs) no (laughs) i still get to do my segment (laughs) no you've relinquished that right (laughs) nuh-uh okay (laughs) to be fair this is very short um, okay, good. So it's only going to be awful for a few minutes. My call to action okay. is much better. Okay. And it's a little bit longer. So. All right. So this happened in 1998. Ooh. And this was posted on April 28th. Uh, it was posted on the Chicago Tribune. Uh, this doesn't have a particular author, so... It's just whoever wrote this for the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, I'm sure the paper just, like, owns everything. Yeah. Kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the title is, and this is amazing, and let me preface this by saying, um, I decided to, um, go the route of looking at children that have been left in hot cars. Oh, my God. 
Um, because oh I, because one, I do not understand. Um, my mom left me in the car all the time. Oh, well, because I, I wanted to be, I would rather stay in the car and read. Okay. But she, and to be fair, she left the car running. Yeah. And, like rolled the window down or something like that. It, it is a completely different thing to leave your teenager in the car with it running with the air conditioning on than to leave your child in the car on purpose with the windows mm-hmm. rolled up when it's a hundred degrees outside. Or, yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, or even, like, you f- somehow forget to drop them off at daycare, and then you leave them in your car while you're at work, what? and it's hot outside. Yeah, that happens. And I'm pissed about it. No, and it fucking I, doesn't. Oh, Are you serious? I, yeah, I have statistics. I have statistics to back me up. Um, so That's fucked up. Yeah, um, and people are saying, well, if if you think that you're going to forget your child in the car, you should leave something important in the back seat, like your phone or purse. Like your Why chi- would you think you're going to forget your child in the car? I have no idea. This is like tips to help you not forget your child exists? What? Yeah. I don't... Uh, the... Uh, 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 the bullshit that I've heard come out of people's mouths related to this issue astounds me. Literally oh fucking god. astounds me. Oh my god. So just to give you that this little background. Remi- Sorry, this is so inappropriate, but it's reminding me of Home Alone again where the polka guy is talking to the mom and he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I left one in a funeral parlor once. and mm-hmm. <laughs> We left the kid there all day with a corpse. Mm. And <laughs> finally, we came to our senses and went back and picked the little guy up. And he was okay. You know, <laughs> three or four three or four months, he started talking again. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom's just like, oh, my God, let's stop talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. How is this supposed to help me? She said. <laughs> exactly. She's like, I'm sorry. What? Like, you're not making me feel better. <laughs> She's like, but you've never gone on vacation and left your child at home. <laughs> Which that I don't fucking understand. Well, I kind of understand, but all, at the same time. You understand when you see the movie. Like, There's a billion kids in that car. Mm-hmm. And they counted wrong because that fucking neighbor kid was in the way. Yeah. Yeah. But that whole family, like, hated Kevin. Which they were all such assholes. Yeah, which I was also like, Look I don't you did you little jerk. <laughs> I don't feel bad for that family at all. I feel bad for the oh, kid. No. They I should love Kevin. Yeah, they should not have had that many children or like. Oh yeah, that was so many kids. Yeah, but anyway. But anyway, <laughs> so this is called murder. I need some levity. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is called murder charged in deaths of two baby girls left in car. So this oh my is God. babies. Mm-hmm. So this is the very first case that has been recorded. Oh, that's unacceptable. Oh, oh, it's about to get so much worse. Oh my God. So this happened in Arkansas. I hate you. Have I ever told you that? <laughs> <laughs> you, Thanks, I hate it. You love me, so it's okay. <laughs> I do love you, but I really don't like it right now. <laughs> so. Um, it was so hot inside the car 
Prosecutors in Little Rock, Arkansas say that one of the two baby girls dying in a car seat pulled out her blonde hair and clenched little fists. Oh my god. Sydney Pippen, who was four months old, and her cousin, Vicki Fraley, 16 months old, died as they sat in the car for eight hours Saturday. Oh my god. While the temperature climbed. The girls died of heat exhaustion and dehydration. And they were sitting in there in their, oh, their babe, their diapers weren't being, oh my God, they're mm-hmm. not being fed. No. Nope. What the fuck? Nope. What the fuck kind of lunatic does this? Oh, let me tell you. This is insane. This is insanity. Let me tell you. Ricky. Oh, they'll be fine. They're babies. Ricky Leon Crisp, 23, Vicky's father, and Justin Griffith, 27, are charged with... There were three people in on this? There were two grown-ass men involved in this. And a woman. No. a grown-ass woman. No, a woman was not involved. You said Vicky. Vicky is the child that died. Vicky and... You said Vicky was 23. No, Ricky. I thought you just read three names. R-I-C-K-Y Leon. Ricky. Okay. <laughs> He's got three names. Hold on. Sorry, that was really confusing. Oh, it's okay. okay. Hold on. <laughs> you have been being so good, and now you want to act damn foolish. Okay. Hold on. Star. Interrupting every time. Yeah. I know. It's Every bad. time, Star. <laughs> Every time. Okay, so get your shit together. So we've got two. We've got two men. So we've got Ricky okay. Leon, and then Justin Griffith. Okay. Um, they are charged with first degree murder. Authorities said the girls died yeah. as <laughs> as the men looked around for arrowheads and mushrooms ninety feet from the car. Are you fucking kidding me? They weren't even at work. Nope. They were digging in the dirt like 10-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And um, <sighs> let me tell you about where the mothers were. The mothers, oh, no. the mothers were at work and expected the fucking fathers to watch their children. Well, how dare they? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god. Like that is a perfectly reasonable request if you are working. Oh, it absolutely and, and is. Your you, partner takes care of the child. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to worry about them being locked in a hot car. It's not babysitting. Mm-hmm. You're a contributing member of this family. Yep. Exactly. You helped create this child with your sperm. Mm-hmm. You're equally as responsible. That's just that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And you don't get extra credit for watching the kid for your wife. It's your fucking job as their father. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it is. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, no, we wanted to go pick mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Pack the baby on your back, for shit's sake. Or let them, like, play while you do They're it. They're six months old, honey. They're babies. Mm-hmm. They're four... Did you say they were four and... Four months old and what? Sixteen months old. Yeah, they're in, they're infants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The 16-month-old might be able to walk. Yeah. But, like, you could let him sit in the grass and play a little bit. Yeah. Like, 
you shouldn't, whatever you do, you don't leave them in a hot car for eight hours. Or, you know what? You, you go to each other, you go to one of the, the houses, mm-hmm. you know, you have your cousin come over and bring his daughter and, or vice versa and turn on a football game, put the kids in a playpen and let them play for fuck's sake. Yeah. Absolutely. Every couple hours you change a diaper. It's not fucking rocket science, guys. And then you go mushroom hunting the next day when your wives aren't working. Aren't working. Mm-hmm. Um, or you say, you know what? I have a very tiny daughter. Maybe I'm not going to mushroom hunt for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Th- this is. Re- I really thought that they were going to be doing something legitimate. No. That's so ridiculous. Yeah. I hope their wives divorced them and then murdered them. <laughs> um, so Crispin Griffith had been held. I would murder you. Oh, I yeah. I would absolutely murder my partner if they pulled some nonsense like this. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, I did not marry an idiot, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crispin Griffith had been held on charges of manslaughter and endangering the welfare of a child. But prosecutors upgraded the charges Monday, well, whenever this was written, um, citing an Arkansas law that allows a first-degree murder charge for knowingly causing the death of a child 14 or younger. Um, oh, my God. The men had parked along a dirt road near the tiny northwestern Arkansas community of Little Flock to do their searching near a cave. The windows of the car were rolled up and the temperature outside rose to about 80 degrees. How fucking ignorant do you have to be? Yeah. It appears that the pain was so severe, the trauma so bad, it was so hot in that car that the 16-month-old, her head hurt so bad, she had her own hair pulled out by the roots and her own clenched little fist. Prosecutor. Yeah, you already said that. It's yeah, terrible. well, um, this uh, this was a quote from Prosecutor oh Brad God. Butler. That poor little girl. Um, you could safely say within 30 minutes you could be dealing with a 140-degree vehicle, said Dr. Steve mm-hmm. Uh, Steve's You're basically Shin- in an oven. Huh? I mean, we've all gotten into a hot car in the summer. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't like cars with other seats, because you get burns. Like, it's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a doctor, Steve, I don't know how to say his last name, Steve S. He sure. was a specialist in pediatric <laughs> critical care at Arkansas Children's Hospital in Little Rock. Uh, the girls had been with Chris since Friday night after the mothers were unable to find child care. The two women were oh at God. work Saturday. Just reiterating that. Um, so that was, I know that was short and horrible, mm-hmm. but that was my case. Um, that was the most, I guess, concise article that I could find on that. Um, and I thought it really got straight to the point. Um and I just, mm-hmm. it's just, it kills me because I don't know what it is with fathers, certain fathers at least, not wanting yeah, not to. not all fathers at all, but certain, I, I would say even certain people. Yeah. Not wanting to parent your children. I mean, I get yeah. if, I get if you don't want your kid. Unfortunately, that's a thing that happens. You give them up. You, but you don't. Lock them in a hot car and just no. leave them to die while you go and dig in a sandbox next to a cave. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it, like you just you give them find d- a babysitter, bro. If you yeah. absolutely have to go mushroom hunt this day and this is the only time it can ever happen, fucking get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. If you can't get a babysitter, you don't go. Yeah, 
That's how it goes. I had to my my friend had to cancel plans with me just now because she couldn't find somebody to watch her child. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way life goes sometimes when you have kids. We have to we all have to make sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, it's just I mean, if you don't want kids, don't have a kid. Or or give them to someone who will take care of them and love them mm-hmm. because there are people that will do that. I know it's hard, especially in the fucked up system that we have for uh, adoption and all that other shit right yeah. now. But oh, like, yeah. there's plenty of families that are unable to have their own children that would love to have your child, mm-hmm. but and would love to give the chi- your child the love and attention that it needs. And there are things called open adoptions now where you can still have contact with that child. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have to fully d- disappear from their lives if you don't want to. But you can still you know, hang out and take them to lunch or whatever. But, you know, the parent that has them has the full, you know, the full reigning say over everything. Absolutely. Of course. And I think that's a really cool option for a lot of people. And also, I just want to say that parenting is a partnership. And again, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. So it's, this was not a situation where it was an emergency. No. And they had you know, a conflict of plans that didn't even work out and then someone open, you know, just spaced out and forgot. This was, like, very deliberate and neglectful Mm -hmm. and selfish. And I think it's important that we just talk about how it's important to be an equal partner because there are moms that do this, too. They push things off on the dad all the time and they don't want to do anything, you know, and that's not fair either. So it's important to make sure that everyone puts the kid first in the relationship, Exactly. Everyone puts the kids' needs first, but that you also then nurture your relationship, which is another thing that we're not going to talk about right now. But, you know, it's important that the kids' needs comes first. Your video gaming doesn't come first. None of the, you know, your, uh, you know, both men and women both are into the gaming thing. Mm-hmm. Your, you know, your, your, your hobbies don't come first anymore, especially when your child is fucking four months old. Exactly. Like, those first couple years, things go on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Then the baby comes first. Mm-hmm. Once your kid gets a little older, it can like entertain themselves a little bit and like isn't just like shitting themselves in the in the corner. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can you can kind of loosen up a little bit more. But I mean, those first few years, I mean, it's it's an equal team. It's teamwork time. Mm hmm. And I know it's hard. I think it's a lot harder. For, it can be harder for men because they they tend to not have that nurturing instinct that women have. And it can be, I'm not going to say that it's people being stupid necessarily or selfish all the time. Sometimes it's fear because not a lot of men have experience raising babies the way that women do. I mean, a lot of us babysat when we were younger and or raised siblings or, you know, yeah, or, you know, worked in childcare because we just kind of have women tend to not all women, of course, but most women have those instincts and we're just kind of naturally good at it. Mm-hmm. Um. And that can be very intimidating, and it's hard for men, especially in our society. I mean, I think we're getting better, but it's hard for men to open up and admit that they don't know what they're doing and ask for help and say, hey, so what do I do? You know what I'm saying? Or sometimes they just don't listen when we're telling them what to do. (laughs) And so it's just really important to make sure that it's a a teamwork situation. And it's not... 
yeah, it's 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 important to make sure that everyone's shouldering equal responsibility as much as possible. Exactly. So, especially when you're both working. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I don't want to like stay in that sadness for too long. Yeah. But I do uh, want to. I pulled from NHTSA. Uh, we've done an ad campaign for them before. Um, some of you probably heard that. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're a really great. Um, I just think they're a really great community of people. Um, and I really liked what they had to say here. So, um, so we as parents, caregivers, and bystanders play a role in helping to make sure um, another death like this doesn't happen. Because just in 2019, more than 50 children have died of heat stroke because they were left or became trapped in a hot car. What? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just... Ten- okay, that's a really fucking high number. Oh, and that's actually a little bit lower than it was the year before. Not by much, but a little bit. Well, we got a little better. A yeah. little less dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and This is reminding me, I'm so sorry, it's nothing like this, but it's reminding me of the episode of The Office where the, the dog is in the car. Oh, yeah. I thought about Kevin. And Oscar, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kevin is like, I'll honk the horn when I'm dying. And he just like collapses onto the, <laughs> onto the horn. <laughs> and it's like quick after like two minutes. Yeah. If that. Mm-hmm. And they forget about Kevin, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or Kevin. I love Kevin. <laughs> He's the greatest. Um He's so funny. But in just 10 minutes, a car can heat up by 20 degrees and become deadly. So See? don't fucking leave your child in the back seat. You can't leave anything alive in the car. Like yeah. That. So crack the windows at least so you get a cross breeze. Mhm. So don't, also you can't leave an uh, leave an infant in the car. Like yeah. that's just duh yeah uh, <laughs> so to help with this you have to know the facts um like mm-hmm. i just said just in 10 minutes it can become deadly um okay but a child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's so when a child wow. is left in a hot vehicle the child's temperature can rise quickly and they could die within literal minutes oh my gosh mm-hmm. i mean that's fair mm-hmm Children are just more sensitive to things than we are. Yeah. They haven't been through as much. They can't. And they're tiny. Yeah. They're little <laughs> Their babies. Their blood doesn't pump through a giant body. They're, they're, it's, it's very tiny. Yeah. Um, heat stroke begins when the core body temperature reaches about 104 degrees. Mm-hmm. And a core body temperature of about 107 degrees is lethal. Whew. Yep. Uh, 108 and you're dead. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, in 2018, particularly dangerous in children. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, 53 children died of the Hitler heat stroke, the most in more than 20 years, according to NoHeatStroke.org. So yeah, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So everyone can help prevent this. So for parents and caregivers, yes. uh, never leave a child in a vehicle unattended, even if the windows are particularly open or the engine is running and the air conditioning is on. Um, make it a habit to check your entire... I would, I would give the caveat of, like, if your child's too small to understand how to unlock the car for you when you come back. Mm-hmm. And the car is running with the AC on. Yeah. Like, don't leave them in the car, but, like, 
if they understand like hey unlock the door for me when you get when you see me because mm-hmm. my mom did that all the time like even when I was even when I was young I was always a bookworm and I didn't particularly enjoy going into the grocery store because I would find stuff that I like and then throw a fit because she wouldn't get it for me yeah so <laughs> you know, I was just I, I learned pretty early on to just like not go in yeah so <laughs> I would bring a book and sit in the car and she would just leave it running and lock the door and I would unlock it when I saw her coming like I did the, like this was when I was like you know less than 10 years old yeah well I mean or I would color you know <laughs> If you wasn't an infant, yeah. If you're old and <laughs> if you are old enough to be left home alone, I think it's okay to leave the kid in the vehicle if the air conditioning's running, and you know, just use actual judgment. Yeah. Jesus. Um. <laughs> mate number two, and this should be obvious. Um, make it a habit to check your entire vehicle, front and back, before locking the door and walking away. Um. Number three. What? Why? So you so that you're not an idiot and you don't leave your child in the back seat when you go into work because you've somehow forgotten to drop them off at daycare. Oh, this is a forgetfulness thing. Yeah, I, I thought you said I thought you meant like exterior, like check oh, the front. No, like and interior. Like, what? In case a gremlin is hiding under the front bumper to <laughs> crawl inside and eat them, I don't understand. No, Carrie. <laughs> It is too Sorry, late to be it. recording. It's okay. Yeah, you've meant seats. I'm I'm done for. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three. Ask, and this is making me feel sick. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm almost no, done. It's okay. Number three. Ask your child care provider to call if your child doesn't show up for care as expected. Um, number four. And this just pisses me right the fuck off. Um, this is what I was talking about earlier. Um, place a personal item like a purse or briefcase in the back seat as another reminder to look before you lock. If you're the most absent-minded person on the planet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> number five. Because you'll never forget your cell phone. Yeah, God. Uh, number five. Write a note or place a stuff. Let alone in- the person you pushed out of your vagina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Write a note or place a stuffed animal in the passenger seat to remind you that a child is in the back seat. What? You'll know a child is in the back seat. They don't stop talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then this next little bit is for everyone. Um Including bystanders. So number one, if you see a child alone in a locked car. Get them out immediately and call 911. A child in distress due to heat should be removed from the vehicle as quickly as possible and rapidly cooled. Mm-hmm. Number two, always lock your car doors and trunk year-round so children can't get into unattended vehicles. Oh, yeah, that would be bad, too. We had a kid when I was, um, this was before I got hired at this particular place that did child care, like after-school child care, who snuck onto a school bus. Oh. That was parked. Oh, yikes. And they found him later. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it wasn't super hot outside, but yeah. God. Um, and he also had a habit of sneaking onto school, just random school buses. Oh, of course. Um, after school, instead of coming straight, instead of coming to after school. And so uh, our, our supervisor had to get there a little early and she would walk him from class to after school. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It was, it was not good. <laughs> so that's real life. Like, kids do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Especially kids with really bad home lives. Yeah. He had a really bad home life. He was newly with his dad, who it, it was a much better situation, but he, uh, yeah, he'd had a really troubled past and was always trying to, like, run away and escape. So I can't say I blame him. It was really sad. And it was, it seemed to be kind of involuntary, too. It was really weird. Yeah. But. Well, uh, number two, or sorry, number three, store car keys out of a child's reach and teach children that a vehicle is not a play area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so those are just And some, again, that just like keep it locked so they yeah. can't get in the car and hide. Yeah. Because they could crawl in the car in your garage, mm-hmm. just like playing hide and seek, thinking that's funny. <gasps> yeah. <clears throat> Josh thinks I'm a weirdo for locking my car when I park it in the garage or when I pull into the garage my parents keep their cars locked in their garage, mm-hmm. and Josh thinks that that's crazy. And I'm like, no, dude, it's like a safety measure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they've just like still are still in the habit of. Yeah, which that's good at least that they care yeah. enough to close it. You know. Yeah. So. Well, my parents are very safety conscious, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's my segment. I just. Wanted to... oh, it was really good. Yeah. It was terrible, but it was really good. <laughs> well, thanks. I want to kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's an idiot. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, yeah. Oh, man. All right. It's definitely time for a game. Yeah. And it's your turn. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, this is our game uh, by Drunks Don't Are Stupid called If You Had To. So, I guess it's my turn to go first. And so this is like a would you rather situation. So would you rather <laughs> if you had to, both of your parents are porn stars? Oh, God. <laughs> or have Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, wrapped to you every night until you fall asleep. I think I'd rather have porn star parents. I like Pitbull, but not enough for that. So I'm going to go with the porn star parents. Yeah, because I mean, like porn stars are people, too. Yeah, I, they're not like fucking each other in front of you <laughs> there there's plenty of porn stars that have kids yeah <laughs> and they're perfectly normal people they just go and have sex for a living yeah <laughs> that was a little bit of a judgy card <laughs> i don't think i care for that <laughs> we cut it up it's no longer allowed to play in this is being the game <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, thank you guys so, so much for listening. Definitely head over and check out Amanda's blog. We hope to have her on back on soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of other topics that we can discuss with her. I think it was such a fun episode. So, yeah. um, Sorry if this was a downer. I think we have a fun one next week. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some cool <laughs> stuff coming up. And yeah. yeah. I had some fun history. Kay's was, was sad. But <laughs> I, you know what? I saw what needed to be done and I did it. That's fair. That's fair. No one's talking about that. That's yeah. real. Like no yeah. one no one's talking about that one. Yeah. Everyone's talking about the really crazy stuff and not the basic ignorant bullshit. So mm-hmm. that's important. Yeah, and um, I think that like it, I don't know. That's I mean, part of the thing here is being able to rage a little bit and Yeah. I think we did that successfully. We accomplished, this episode. yes. We yeah. definitely accomplished it, and I almost threw up, so yay. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Thank you so much for being patient with us this in, in the coming months. Um, we're definitely doing our best to not neglect you guys, but just know that we are very, very busy and tired. So yeah. <laughs> and I have like, including this, I have three jobs this semester. Yeah. So like, it's insane. So yeah. we, we definitely appreciate your patience. We love you. Tell your friends and family about us uh, so that, our listeners we just we need more listeners you yeah know? we want to we want to spread the love so definitely tell everybody suggest us and remember you are not a monster bye guys bye guys thank you for listening to talk crooked music is by gizla Niebach. check out our website talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids as well as resources to get involved to keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.